0: So, we've talked about the mythological beginnings of the Czech people, Czech and Moravian people. We've talked about the Great Moravian Empire. Obviously, as time goes on, records get better, and we're on firmer ground. By the time we get to that first Duke of Bohemia, who we talked about a little bit in the Great Moravian episode, we're on still firmer footing, timeline-wise. Not great, but much better. While in Moravia, during the Great Moravian Empire, it's all about Moimir's dynasty, here in Bohemia, it's all about The leads. A city is much more than just a collection of buildings. It's a location, it's a history, it's a culture, it's ideas and ideals, and a city is also, most importantly, the people in it. This is Prague Times, the podcast that takes a look at the city of Prague in the Czech Republic. With more than a thousand years of history, there's a lot to talk about. We'll talk about the past of Prague, but we'll also talk about the city as it is today, future plans for the city, and much more. It's Prague then, Prague now, and Prague later. And this is Prague Times. The story of the Great Moravian Empire brings in two of the main themes that will play throughout all of the history of the Czech lands. One, this argument in the church between should it always be in Latin or should it also be in Slavonic? And the fact that we're kind of in the middle of things here and everybody wants a piece of you. The Germanic Franks want a piece of you. Later, the Poles want a piece of you. The Avars are no longer a threat, but the Hungarians certainly are and they want a piece of you. When we focus on Bohemia and the leads, we have another theme that is going to dominate Bohemian history for the next couple of hundred years, and that is a very ambitious family. So, we start with the I. He became the first Duke of Bohemia. He's certainly of the House of Przemyslid. It's assumed that those seven mythical princes from the first historical episode maybe or maybe not preceded, and maybe they were based on real people. Legend, of course, says the Przemyslids came from Libusha and Pchemisil, who was the plowman who married her way back in the early history of the Czech lands, possibly around the mid-700s. We know that he was certainly crowned Duke in 870. According to the mythological genealogy, he was a descendant of Hostivit, the seventh and last of the mythical princes. He may also have been related to the Moravian House of Moimir. He reigned for 18 or 19 years, dying around 888 or 889. He was succeeded by his son, who has a terrible name, the I. He took over in 894 because there was a period of confusion as the Moravians managed to get control of Bohemia for a short period of time. I was only 16 when he became the second Duke of Bohemia, but he managed to free Bohemia from Moravian control in 897 with a little bit of help from the Eastern Franks, or Bavarians as we might call them, and their leader Arnulf. And that actually sort of precipitates the breakup of the great Moravian Empire. And he is the one that moved the royal seat from the family home in Levihradec, where the very first church in Bohemia, St. Clement's, was built, and which is just outside of Prague, near Rostoki. He moved the seat to Hradchani Hill, where his father had built the Church of the Virgin Mary, the second church in Bohemia. That probably happened somewhere around 894 when he took the throne. Some people say he started constructing Prague Castle at that time. Others say his father had started it back in 870. The most likely story is his father had built a palace there and then he had expanded it, turning it into more of a fortified settlement, a castle. Around 9.07 or so, the Great Moravian Empire collapses under constant attack from the Hungarians and the Bavarians. Bohemia takes Moravia, Silesia, and parts of Sorbia. Hungarians take Slovakia and Eastern Moravia. During his 21-year reign, Spitaniev also builds castles at Mielnik, Libushin, Tetin, Lestieni, and Staroboleslav. He dies in 915, only 40 years old, probably buried at the Church of the Virgin Mary, which was inside Prague Castle, but that church burnt down in the 13th century, so uh, it's gone. Now, he didn't have any children, so his younger brother, Vratislav, took the crown. He was a brother, so he's also a son of the I, the very first duke. Vratislav marries Drahomira. Now, Drahomira was a princess of a Slavic people living in eastern Germany. As a result, he had very close ties with those people. And he was also pretty friendly with the newly established Hungarians to the east in Slovakia, kind of allowing them free passage through his lands whenever they wanted to go attack Saxons. And he even helped them in their attacks on the Saxon duke Henry the Fowler. But things were not always rosy, and he also fought against the Hungarians, and we think he probably died in battle either in 919 or 921, fighting the Hungarians. During his reign, Vratislav established St. George's Basilica at Prague Castle, and is also said to have founded the Silesian city of Vratislavia, which is now known as Wrocław in Poland. And his two sons become Dukes of Bohemia, and those are Vaclav or Wenceslas, and Bolislav the Cruel. Vaclav I Good Duke Wenceslas, not King, who ruled from 921 to 935. So, after his father dies in 921, Václav takes over. He's only 13 at the time, so really his paternal grandmother Ludmila becomes regent. Now, his mother, as I said before, Drahomira, is this pagan princess from Slavic tribes living in East Germany. And yes, she was baptized when she got married, but she's not really a Christian. And she really doesn't like the fact that Grandma gets to become regent. So, she has Grandma strangled when Grandma comes to visit Tettin Castle near Baron. So now, Drahomira gets to be regent, and she really is not keen on Christianity, and her son's too young to know anything, so she begins systematically persecuting Christians throughout Bohemia, shutting churches, prohibiting Christian teachings, eliminating any town magistrates who are Christians. She basically wants to go back to the old ways, the pre-Christian ways. She also has Christians murdered and moss. Then in 926, Václav turns 18, he comes of age, and she's no longer regent. What Christian nobles are left, those that hadn't been killed or fled during Drahomira's purge of Christianity, rise up against her. She raises an army, but the Christians win, she's defeated, and she's sent into exile near Budetch, which is near Kladno. But she continues to scheme behind the scenes. She's a super interesting character. Now, remembering some of the family squabbles that ended up causing the weakening and eventually dissolution of the Great Moravian Empire, Bohemian Christian nobles decide they're going to split the lands controlled by Bohemia between Václav, who's duke, and his younger brother, Boleslav. Boleslav is much closer in temperament to mom than Václav is. Boleslav had been mom's favorite, and he also is not super keen on the whole Christian thing. Václav, however, is very firmly Christian sort of gentle, very nice, very friendly, very reasonable. Hungarian incursions keep becoming a regular problem against the eastern borders, and Saxons keep attacking from the west, especially in the lands that Drahemira and her people came from. In 929, the combined forces of Arnulf of Bavaria and King Henry I the Fowler attack Prague. Things play out, a peace settlement is reached, and part of that settlement is that Vaclav would reinstate the annual tribute to Henry, because Henry, in a previous loss, had to pay a tribute to the Hungarians, so the Bohemian tribute to him would help offset that Hungarian payment. As a result of all this, an uneasy alliance begins to form between the Bohemians, the Palabian Slavs along the Havel River in Germany, and the Hungarians against the Saxons and the Bavarians. It's basically Hungarians and Slavs versus Germans. Now, Vaclav was a Latin Rite guy. He brought in German priests mainly because there just weren't that many homegrown ones left after Mom had, had so many of the Christians killed. He also consecrated a rotunda at St. Vitus, which later becomes St. Vitus Cathedral. However, in 935, Brother Bolislav gets some nobles to support him, and he invites Václav to a feast at Stara Boleslav on September 28th. There, three assassins, Tira, Chesta, and Nevza – Jesus – These names. These three assassins stabbed Václav multiple times. And as he's hanging on to this large door knocker, trying to remain upright, brother Boleslav finishes him off by running him through with a big lance. Legend says that at the exact moment that he ran his brother through, Boleslav's pregnant wife gave birth to a son. That boy was named Strachkvas, which means dreadful feast. Talk about the sons of the fathers. How's that for a name? What's your name, dreadful feast? Anyway, he was a good guy, he was very Latin-right, very much on the side of the Christians. So word starts to go out immediately that he should be canonized. No surprise, since they had gone through this horrible, fearful time under Drachemira, his mother, and he certainly made them feel safe again. Legends aplenty crop up about him, his horse, and lots of other things. We'll probably end up doing a whole podcast episode about him later. He's the good King Wenceslaus that the song is about. He does, in fact, become canonized. He is the patron saint of Bohemia. But he was never a king. He was just a duke. The date of Vaclav's murder, September 28th, is a national holiday here in the Czech Republic, considered by many to be the beginning of Czech statehood. However, that would mean that if that's when statehood began, Boleslav is technically the first ruler. So now, Boleslav I, also known as Boleslav the Cruel, is Duke of Bohemia. He rules from 935 to 972, so that's a pretty long stretch. Interestingly, despite the fact that he started off getting the throne with fratricide, he's actually looked at by historians as a pretty good ruler. Despite his mother's constant attempts to get him to turn against the church and start another purge, he actually helps the church grow a little bit. Later, he even repented murdering his brother, and so he sent his son, Dreadful Feast, to become a priest and devote his entire life to Christianity. Again, you're the one that kills your brother, I gotta go be a priest. Fair So, remember, part of that peace deal was that Bohemia would pay tributes to Henry the Fowler to help him pay his tributes to Hungary. So, Boleslav just stops those payments. This, of course, leads to war. The war continues. Henry goes away, and his successor, Otto I, the guy who actually goes on to formally establish the Holy Roman Empire in 962 and be the first Holy Roman Emperor, keeps fighting with Bohemia until about 950. And even though technically Boleslav's forces don't lose a single battle in conflict, a peace treaty is signed that says that the tribute payment will be reinstated in exchange for Otto stopping a siege against Boleslav's son. The Hungarians are also still a problem, and then the Czechs and the Germans get together in 955 to fight the Hungarians, and after the three-day-long Battle of Lechfeld near Augsburg in Bavaria, they deliver a major defeat to the Hungarians. On their way back to Hungary, the Hungarians raid Bohemia. Boleslav knows they're going to do this, is waiting for them, and pretty much wipes out most of the remaining forces. The Hungarians are desperately weakened, and this takes a lot of pressure off both the Czechs and the Germans. Boleslav frees Moravia from the Hungarians, who'd taken part of East Moravia, so he gets that land back. He also takes Upper Silesia and even gets into Lesser Poland as far as the city of Krakow, which he now occupies. At this point, he now controls the important trade routes from Prague to Kiev and Prague to Lviv. To calm things down with the Poles, he marries his daughter to a piast prince, Misesko. She converts her husband to Christianity, and now the Poles start to become Christians. As we know, they will become very fervent Christians. Boleslav the Cruel, not so cruel when all said and done, probably dies around 972, and his eldest son, Boleslav the Pious, takes his place. Boleslav the Pious, 972 to 999. He's the eldest of four. His siblings are Dreadful Feast, who was born at the exact moment that Boleslav the Cruel killed Václav and went on to become a priest, Dobrova, who marries Mieszewsko, who is a pagan up in Poland and brings Christianity to Poland, and Mlada, who becomes an abbess? So they're all very Christian. Boleslav the, the Pious. That seems like a pretty apt appellation. He oversees the founding of Saint George's Convent. He expands Saint George's Basilica. And either in 973 or 982, Bohemia gets its first bishop, Aldbert of Levichradets, which is where that first church was built. However, there's some internal strife. The Slavnik family of Bohemia are almost as powerful, or some say as powerful, as the Przemyslid family, and they're constantly trying to wrest control of Bohemia from the Przemyslids, or if they can't do that, set up their own independent state. Now remember, we talk about Bohemia or the Czechs, But really, it's just a mixture of tribes and families, each one of whom would be very happy to go their own way. Some of them are Christians, some of them want to be Slavonic Christians, some want to be Latin Rite Christians, others want to go back to the old ways. So this is not a coherent group of people. The Slavniks, for example, they're of the Zlitschane tribe, which is one of the very first Slavic groups to settle in Bohemia. Their family seat is one of the oldest settlements in all of Bohemia, a town called Libica nad Cidlinou about 5 kilometers southeast of Podjebrady. This is where the Laba and the Sidlina rivers meet. The Slavnik family was founded by Prince Slavnik, who died in 981 and then was succeeded by his son Sobyslav. Sobieslav's brother, Wojciech, founded the Bzevnov Monastery in Prague and then later became Saint Adalbert. And another of Slavnik's sons, an illegitimate son named Radin, would go on to become the first archbishop of Poland and later canonized as Saint Gautentius. So, Bohemia. Various problems with the neighbors continue. The German kings are especially problematic. Henry II in Bavaria tries to take the throne from Otto in Bavaria, but he ends up fleeing to Prague to hide at Prague Castle. Otto attacks, storms his troops all over Bohemia, and Boleslav II ends up pledging fidelity to Otto to stop the bloodshed. This pisses off the Poles, who hate the Germans. Emperor Otto II dies in 983, and then there's another conflict between his son, Otto III, and Duke Henry of Bavaria. Boleslav decides to side with Henry, and his Polish son-in-law, who married his daughter, decides to support Otto III. So now we have a little schism between the Poles and the Czechs. 983 also saw what's known as the Great Slav Uprising, so Slavs living east of the Laba rose up against Christianity and against the German-controlled Holy Roman Empire. The Poles were firmly on their side, so Boleslav firmly took the German side, mainly because he was tired of constantly getting invaded by the Germans. This uprising ends in 985 when King Henry II of Germany makes a pact with the Slavic Lutitsi tribe against the Poles. Part of the peace deal is that the Germans would basically stop expanding to the east, which kinda sorta lasts for 200 years or so. In 995, Prince Sobyaslav of the Slavnik family gets embroiled in a war with Slavic tribes in Sorbia, and he's being helped by the Germans and the Poles. So the Poles don't mind teaming up with the Germans on this one. The Slavnik family gets involved in this, and Sobioslav goes to Germany to participate in the war. Polislav II, Duke of Bohemia, he makes a pact with another tribe called the Vršovci, and together they attack the Slavnik family home in Libica and kill almost the entire family. The only survivors are Sobioslav, because he's in Germany fighting the Sorbs. Adelbe I who was in Rome, and Radim. Sobieslav hears about this. Instead of going home, he flees to Poland. The two remaining brothers, Adelbert and Radim, reunite, and then they go on a trip to evangelize in Prussia along the Baltic Sea in 997, knowing it's not safe to return to Bohemia. Adalbert is actually murdered by pagan priests. Radim is also attacked and barely escapes with his life. He goes on to push for the canonization of his brother, and he becomes the first archbishop of Poland and himself becomes a saint. Sobioslav, also hanging out in Poland, makes various attempts to get back his family lands in Bohemia, but he ends up dying defending Polish troops from Bohemians on a bridge near Prague in 1004. Somewhere in the last decade of the 10th century, so the 990s, Vyschrad Castle was founded up on Vyshehrad Hill, and this is the home of this very powerful Vršovci clan who helped wipe out the Slavniks. This clan is going to go on to be a huge problem for whoever sits on the throne of Bohemia. So, Slavnik family is no longer a threat. He's got the next most powerful clan in his pocket, so he thinks. So, Boleslav just adds the Slavnik lands to his own. And finally, all of Bohemia is united at last under a single ruler. He dies in 999 and now starts a pretty chaotic time in Bohemia's history with problems both internal and external. Thank you for listening to this episode of Prague Times. If you liked this episode, be sure to like it or share it and tell your friends. Check us out on all of our social media platforms for extra goodies as well. Until next time, this has been Prague Times.